0: Illinois high school football if your goals are as high as you talk about tonight tonight you go out and just take one more step one, two, three, it's a view from the west and it starts right now welcome into view from the west podcast the podcast covering Illinois high school football on the western side of the state of Illinois. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, joined once again, as always, by Mitch Stormer. A special episode, a special edition of the Instant Reacts podcast. Mitch, the vote just came down. It was just announced. Proposal 18 to implement district football in the state of Illinois has failed. So here we are. Conferences are remaining for now. Take me through just kind of your initial thoughts and kind of where you're sitting right now. Yeah.
1: So if you, if you listen to our episode that we did with Steve Susie, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that we were adamant that we weren't fans of this particular proposal. Um, I think we started even talking about just the theory of districts like mid season, you know, it wasn't even proposed at that time. And I was very against it. Um, I feel like I've softened on that stance a little bit, certainly not. Was ever going to be in support of this particular proposal, but you know, when we talk to coaches and seeing the support that at least the theory of districts has, I could probably get on board with it. But the way that this was proposed, it it wasn't really a solution at all. So you know, personally, I'm, I'm happy that it did not pass. Um, but yeah, it's it's not going to be the end of that discussion. It may not be districts, but certainly it seems like there's always going to be um, an effort to always have the interest, best interest of all the schools in mind. And that may not always mean conferences.
0: Yeah. I think the, uh, the landscape of IHSA football will, will be changing at some point, how drastically and how soon is yet to be determined. But I think as you read some of the statement that came out from the IHSA today, along with the vote, I think you can see that, they're going to try to be proactive and look at finding solutions. And I think yeah. that's that's what excites me. We'll get to that in a second to what was yeah. in that statement. But I think that's what excites me because similar to what you said, I think the more I wasn't as opposed to districts. I think going back to our discussions along the way, the initial time this went through several years ago, I was in, I was in support of it. I thought it, it needed to happen and it did. And then it was taken back. And then kind of, I ended up kind of flipping a little bit and thinking, no, maybe I don't want the district play anymore as I thought I did before. And now as this has gone on, I think I've realized that district football may be good for the state of Illinois. There are teams that certainly need it in talking to a lot of different coaches. I've had a lot of different text messages and just the, the form we sent out to get their reaction to when the vote was put on the table. I've heard a lot of differing opinions and it's all been good to hear because it kind of helps me shape my opinion as well. I think at some point, district football or some form of it will be needed in the IHSA. But like you said, this proposal was not it. If we're going to do something like this, it cannot be rushed. And this was really trying to rush the system. And there were so many unknowns. And I think what I'm also realizing is we need to find a district format that works for our state, right? There are some formats that work in Texas or in other states around the country, but district football in Illinois is its own beast because of the Chicagoland area, because of the, the, the spread of the state and the differing sizes in different areas. I think you you need to find a system that works for Illinois, and we didn't have that quite yet. And maybe someday I hope we'll get there to where a district format will meet the needs of almost everybody. It may not ever be perfect, but getting closer to what we what we need for everybody.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the important key word there is is need, right? It, this is kind of a want versus a need situation where some schools are wanting it. But maybe the state doesn't need it quite yet. But maybe we are shifting that way, where the again, the idea to propose it is good, but it's just the execution is poor. So as long as that part is a want, it may not work, but it seems like we are moving towards and things are shifting in the way that it might be needed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, when I look at everything, I just think that, you know, I, I like I've liked the conference format. I've always liked the conference format, but there are some parts of it that are broken. And we we've been fairly honest about that. Even if you didn't like this district proposal mitch i think you'd admit that there are some parts of conference play that are that are broken um you know and i've heard very strong opinions on both sides people that really need district football and some that cannot cannot handle it and i understand both sides and i hope somewhere along the line there's long-term thought not a jump to we need to do something right now but long-term thought to what can really work and i think i hope if I'm reading what the IHSA put in their statement today that maybe we're getting something along those lines. Can you read or paraphrase kind of what was included in that message today?
1: Yeah. Well, well, first let's, let's look at what the vote came out to. Yeah, sure. Um, This was one proposal um, as a part of 14 that were amendments that were proposed um, 12 of which passed two failed Uh, this particular one for districts, Uh, so a proposal that would have, as you mentioned, significantly changed kind of the landscape, football scheduling in the state. So that fails to pass. Uh, There were 379 schools that voted against this, 272 that voted for it, with 76 submitting a vote of no opinion. Um, So, a bit of a gap there, 107 schools. Um, there, there's questions to be had there. My, I, I tweeted this out prior to the decision that I was curious about how many schools would vote um, for, or, or for that matter, number of schools who wouldn't vote if this measure was even going to affect them or not. Um, it turns out that it was the highest voting total in a decade, 89.2% of the IHSA membership participated in this vote. And that's great to hear. That's, that's yeah. huge. And, and you know, there there are concerns I have with that, you know, like you have co-op programs that are one football team, but each individual school has its own vote. I don't know what the fix is there, but you know, just things like that kind of are, are a little questionable, but. In any case, again, that was 379 to 272 with 76 having no opinion. And yeah, I think, like you said, it certainly was a hot topic discussion and it brought out a
0: majority, a, a, a big majority of the membership. Yeah. I think what what this proposal, for as much criticism as we had of this exact proposal, I think what it did was it created – a lot of really good conversation. And I think it brought a lot of ideas to the table, you know, including from myself. And, you know, not that I necessarily have the ability to draft up a proposal and send it to the IHSA, but I think it gets a lot of people thinking maybe a little bit more creatively. And that excites me that this proposal really pushed people to say, what can we do differently that will work?
1: Well, yeah, look at it. You know, 200 and what I say, 272 schools voted for it. 35% of the membership voted for this without having a plan. So it certainly has legs to it, right? There's certainly a lot of backers to this. It's just that this proposal itself just wasn't going to, I don't think was ever going to reach that barrier.
0: Yeah. Mitch, go through what really stood out to both of us. We talked about it right when we saw the announcement was kind of the, the statement that followed, you know, the the announcement of the vote and the statement that followed, I was, I'm intrigued by, I think there's, you know, interesting talking points in there.
1: Yeah. So in the release that the IHSA sent out, it has uh, quotes from the IHSA executive director, Craig Anderson. um, And the, the quote is as follows quote, the IHSA board of directors has already had discussions about the potential of forming a football ad hoc committee in 2024 in the event that this district proposal failed to pass. He went on to say they want to be proactive in trying to address the issues that are at the root of, of different football proposals seemingly being brought forth each year. They recognize the myriad of issues in IHSA football are unique and can be based on geography, school size, conference affiliation, and the traditional success of a program which is why no recent proposals have garnered enough support to pass. There is likely no singular answer to these issues, but the board wants to explore the idea that a large and diverse group from around the state might be able to find some solutions that the high school football community
0: in the state would support. I, you know, the IHSA gets a lot of criticism for a a lot of different things, you know, and and maybe some is fair and some I don't think is justified, but I applaud them for this. They didn't just send out a blanket press release that just gave the number, gave the voting results and move along. It seems like there's some thought and there's some discussions being had already. I like that. Right. I applaud the IHSA for this one.
1: Right. It's to their credit to always be uh, open to, to something like that. They're always going to, you know, have an ear uh, to on the uh, ears on the ground to issues of their membership. And I, I think it will still be up to the membership to vote on any potential change, but yeah, credit to the, I should say for being willing to listen and willing to adapt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, obviously in the near term, you know, conferences are here, but for how long I, I moving forward, I think there should be discussions being had next football season. And I would think that, I don't know if you'd go as far as getting something proposed with some fine detail that could go into place in 25, or if you even push it out to 26 and say, let's do, you know, one year of planning and then get right. a drafted proposal and then look ahead. I, I I'm not sure what the timeline would be, but I just know I don't want to rush it.
1: Right. And I, I think that's part of the learning lesson here for both sides. If, if you were a school that proposed it, um. I think the lesson would be to you're you're not and look I don't I don't want to make it sound like the schools that proposed it uh, did anything nefarious or was in any sort of bad intention, right It just kind of looked that way, right There was a lot of red flags with this so I think the lesson for any school that goes forward in proposing this or bringing this up again would be to have, Something right have some sort of plan that you want to actually vote on, not just the thought of districts. Um, I think the lesson for schools that maybe weren't the ones that proposed it, but were in support of it, would be that look, if if you can contribute to that plan, you'll get what you want. It, it's you know changes are, are coming. We we just don't know what they're going to look like down the road. We you know there's there's any number of issues that could push one thing one way, and I I think the lesson then for teams that were opposed to it. And I don't know if they're voting just because they don't want districts or just because they didn't want the proposal. Um, you know, I, I think the lesson for them too, is that the same thing changes could be coming. So how are, how are you going to put yourself in a position to, you know, have your, your program in the best uh, I don't want to put it. Always have your programs, you know, best wishes in mind.
0: Yeah, I think that every program has their own, you know, unique situation and their own reasons for why a change would help them or why a change would hurt them in some examples. And I get it. I I hope that when people listen to this, like, I mean, you and I have our opinions, but we're looking at it from, you know, from 5,000 feet in the air. You know, we're looking at the overview of everything and not necessarily on the ground in one particular school. So I'm trying to look at it as neutral as possible. I understand both sides of it. And it seems like more so than in years past, the, the conversation is going to continue. I'm I'm excited. I'm interested to talk to coaches from around our area on both sides of things to see, obviously, are you happy? Are you, you know, dissatisfied with this vote, but then moving forward, what ideas do you have? I want to hear what coaches think about what we can do to make this thing work. And I, I think a lot of coaches, I hope most coaches would understand both sides of it. Right. That, you know, even if they want it, they would understand why somebody wouldn't want it. So let's try to right. come up with ideas. I want to hear what I what ideas are out there. I, I'm interested to keep this conversation going.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think you said it, too, that maybe you, you have to do it like they did in 2018. Right. the The first vote is, hey, the vote is to explore districts. Okay, we're going to explore it. And then in that year or whatever the time is, there is a plan that's in place. And then that plan is what gets voted on, you know, um, as opposed to kind of piecemealing this together or just doing a one off with no plan. I. Even if there even if there was a plan right to to implement it within eight months seemed like a bad idea, even if there was a plan in place. So I think you have to stretch out the time frame a little bit and make sure all the wrinkles are ironed out. Um, but again, have a plan is the biggest, you know, the biggest takeaway for me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we will. I'm not, you know, we will advance this discussion down the way with some kind of more concrete ideas. But some things I've seen that the Seuss mentioned in our uh, podcast about this, you know, topic before the vote came out, you know, we, he talked about, pairing up classes one and two, and then pairing up three and four, five and six, and seven and eight. So that alleviates some of the travel concerns where teams are still going to be more geographically centered than they would be if you're spreading out class 1A, 2A, 3A. They all would still play towards, obviously, the 1A playoffs, the 2A playoffs, 3A, et cetera. I just think that is a creative idea. I also, I haven't read much of the detail on it, but there was an article from down near Edwardsville. Obviously, Edwardsville would be really affected, one of the worst in the state, because they're so big in an area with no one equal to their size. They'd be traveling up to, you know, Bradley, Bourbonnet, and Joliet in their quote-unquote district. They certainly don't want to do this, but I saw they had an idea, not the school, but a newspaper article had an idea about, you know, the bigger schools remain in conferences, and the smaller schools, that would be four through one, go to a district format. And I don't know exactly how they would map that out. Where do schools like Geneseo fall when they're right on the border? Right. But I do think it's intriguing. There are some ideas here that I think if we really talk through them, you could get to a good a good place where something would work.
1: Yeah. And, and I think just going back to that line from from Craig Anderson was that there is likely no singular answer to these issues. So any, anything that gets proposed in the future, will have support and it will have naysayers rightfully. So, so yep. uh, again, is there a right answer? I don't know. Can you get creative with it? Sure. Um, but, but again, it's, it, it the, I say isn't, is in a quite, quite the predicament, you know, that they're aware that whatever they might decide on or whatever the future looks like, it may not be right for everybody. And you have to kind of take in, well, is it better for the greater good and that you could be sacrificing some things with that. So again, this won't be the last time we talk about it. It may be, it may be the last time we talk about, you know, districts as we, as we know it at the moment, but it'll be interesting. It'll be quite the challenge for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, before we wrap this up, I do want to, you know, say thank you to all the coaches who we sent out a form asking early on what they thought they would vote and kind of what their thoughts were. And Mitch, we had over 25 or more responses from coaches, a lot of very in-depth responses, you know, multiple paragraphs they wrote to us really detailing their thoughts and how it would affect them and why we needed districts or why we did not need districts. I just want to say, thank you to all the coaches for, you know, engaging us in conversation and kind of helping us along the way to understand to the best we could to be able to talk about yeah. it. I, I really do appreciate the form sent back, the text messages that I've had back and forth, uh, the emails.
1: Right, that's what I was just going to say. You know, it, it's one thing that we we sent the form, but then we were having conversations. I think I came across probably four different conferences that I was texting coaches about. So, you know, it's, again, it's it's a hot button issue. Um, it's it's good to be a bit of a sounding board, I guess, to to know their concerns. Because again, I, I think this process has softened my stance on it. Yep. Um, and has shown me more of the challenges that schools are trying to overcome. So, and that's where, again, where my want may not be what the need for the state is. So yeah. Um, again, like you said, thank you to all the coaches for being open and honest during this whole process. Cause that's what it's yep. going to take, right. It's going to take people who have, again, like we said, the best interest of their schools so that that opinion can be formed, you know, in, having everything, having all your cards on the table.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, Mitch, I will say from a personal standpoint, from an organization of the podcast standpoint, keeping conferences around for a little longer does make things a little easier on us because when you really started diving into where all of what we consider our local coverage teams would be headed, some stayed fairly familiar, you know, the NUIC wasn't going to really break up, but man, there were, there was a lot of schools going out to play a lot of different opponents that we were going to have to do a lot more research. I just, I like keeping our you know familiarity around on a personal level, just
1: right. Yeah. It would, it would have, it would have been like probably 10 or 12 different, different districts that we had to to cover. So,
0: yeah. So yeah, I guess, you know, not that anyone necessarily cares Mitch about our personal wants, but, but, but
1: anyway, you know, with, with this, too, though, as I mentioned, there were there were 14 amendments,
0: amendment proposals that yeah. were introduced. Um, you want to go through some things that. Passed yeah, let's here? go through what else passed, because there are some other things that stand out as as interesting or worth talking about.
1: OK, Um. some of these are not for football and we're not going to go through those. And I might miss one, but I don't think I, I don't think I will. Uh. Proposal four passed pretty, pretty significantly. 578 to 124 allows coaches to conduct. Out of season strength and conditioning workouts with limits of no more than four days per week and no more than ninety minutes per session outside the season. Uh, no coaching of the no coaching of the skills of a sport during any any session. So I don't know what it was before that, but uh, looks like we are uh, improving our strength and conditioning workouts in off in the off season. Um, with that, one thing that did fail was Proposal Eleven, which modified the number of of summer contact days Um, it was going to reduce that down from 25 to 18 which I I didn't think was necessarily a terrible idea just in the summer and you're limiting your contact but I also understand why it would fail to pass it was close uh, 407 uh, nay 3024 Um, so again that one the, the contact days will remain at 25. Another one for strength and conditioning looks pretty similar to proposal four. Uh, this one passed pretty significantly. Allows coaches to conduct strength and conditioning workouts with limits of no more than four days per week. Again, I, I don't know how much that's much different than the first yeah. proposal I said, but you know, mm. uh, let's get down to proposal 17. If I remember, Greg, was this the one that Geneseo proposed? Sounds familiar. Yep. Okay, I think this is the one. It passed four ten to two thirty two. Creates the opportunity for football teams to conduct a preseason scrimmage with another school. Specific scrimmage limitations include the following: use of IHSA officials, four separate twelve play segments, no special teams, forty eight total play limits, no live contact in practice the day before or after scrimmage. Scrimmage to be is to be held on a Friday or Saturday. Of IHSA week seven, which I don't know when that calendar starts, but uh and players are eligible to participate in the scrimmage after participating in eight different days of practice. So that that
0: could be fun. Yeah, this is a really cool thing to to implement because it just gives you a little bit more flexibility or creativity saying a team that you wouldn't normally schedule in the regular season for whatever reason, that this would be a reason to do that, right? You're a little yep. more willing to you know, scrimmage against a bigger school or a school that's much smaller than you. I think just because it wouldn't matter. It'd just be a way to get out there and scrimmage. So I, I, and, I do like that.
1: And, you know, you you see that with seven on seven tournaments. Um, yep. I, I think I've talked about that before. I always liked doing that. We would play teams like Rochelle or, or Dixon, you know, th- teams that you would never, ever play in the regular season. So to to be able to do this, get some pads on, get some experience for some players. Yeah, I, I like this proposal. So, and with limitations, I think that's good too.
0: Mitch, were you a were you a quarterback uh, seven on seven uh, guru? Were you uh, excelling at the seven on seven?
1: I wouldn't say that I was a guru, but <laughs> we had such good skill players that we were pretty good. We were a pretty good uh, seven on right. seven team. I think I think we beat Rochelle, and you know that's a pretty bigger school than Morrison was back in the day. So, uh, yeah, the 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 team that I was on was was pretty quick. So seven on seven was kind of our thing.
0: It was good. There you go. Not much has changed on Morrison because they're still pretty quick. So
1: yeah. <laughs> uh proposal 18 that was the district again that one failed 379 to 272 um let's see what else did we pass here i guess the last one maybe our favorite here greg proposal 23 uh passed 464 to 82 with 190 sorry 181 no votes establishes a girls flag football fall season limitation Monday of week six to Saturday of week 21. Again, I have no idea what those weeks are. A preseason practice requirement of nine practices before a contest. And a regular season contests contest limitation of 25 games. Seems like a lot. Yeah. Exclusive of the IHSA State Series.
0: Um, so, yeah, we
1: get uh, girls flag football now as a, as a sanctioned sport.
0: So, does it indicate, will there be um, playoffs and a state championship then? It doesn't, I guess specifically we don't, we don't know that, that yet.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and again, 20, 25 games
0: seems like a lot, but I'm thinking that's know, maybe, just an overall cap. Like that. you know what I mean? They just set it really high. So you can't, right. you're not going to get up that high, but no, that, that seemed that's great. That's a really cool way to promote the game of football in the state of Illinois. I think that alongside of, you know, maybe this kind of pushes forward a little bit to like, let's get eight man in there. Let's get eight man sanctioned. Right. Yeah. If we're making this move. So I think overall it's all good things. If it's more football yeah. being played. Well, and, and that's
1: one thing that we didn't really talk about at, at the top of this episode was that eighth grade or sorry eighth grade eight man <laughs> schools or, or schools that play eight man football. Yes. we able to vote on the 11 man structure. And I, again, I don't think they should be excluded in that because things can always change, but it just seemed interesting that, that, was, I don't know, not allowed. It just, again, another one of those caveats that you kind of made you think a little bit.
0: Yeah, it is interesting, but I mean, I see the need for every school obviously should be able to vote on these issues because in some way or another, it could impact them, not maybe directly, but indirectly. And certainly with the changing landscape of football, some of these schools that are 11 man now voting on this, you know, it could impact them and they could eventually be eight man. So I think it's important for all schools to vote, but it does. Yeah. I get what you're saying that it does seem, you know, odd that they, yeah, that they vote now, but it, they certainly could be impacted.
1: Yeah. So look at the last thing on their, on the IHSA's, IHSA's release was a breakdown of year by year of how many proposals have been on the ballots the last 10 years and the number of schools that have voted. And as we said, Eighty nine point two percent of the membership uh, voted for, uh, I guess, voted as a part of this whole process, not specifically just to districts, but as a part of this whole process. All in all, it was seven hundred and twenty seven of eight hundred and fifteen. I say schools that submitted votes uh, under these proposals. So, again, you like to see that that's a jump up yep. from sixty three percent last year, fifty seven percent in 21, 22 year. Um, it's the highest since 2019, 2020, which was 86.5% of the membership. So again, great to have, uh, that sort of participation here when we're talking about some
0: big changes. Yeah. Love it. I think it's created great conversation. And like we've said, a lot of times it's, it's not going anywhere. The conversation's going to continue. And I think that's a very good thing. Anything else here, Mitch, this has been, we have had a lot of discussion. We have sent, we have, uh, put in a lot of hours of uh, podcast time on this very topic. And for as much as we've reached one conclusion, I think there's still more to talk about.
1: Yeah. It, it, I just, I, again, I, I don't think we'll, it'll be the end of it. Um, and again, that this was a learning lesson moving forward, then so be it. But yeah, interested to see how, how this evolves. But for now, um, let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, let's get back to our, uh, conference games and no, you know, there'll be some need for shuffling around and trying to find some open weeks, but nothing like that would have been needed had this passed. So for now it's business as usual and uh, we'll see what the future holds.
0: Well, speaking of regularly scheduled programming, Mitch, we just conducted our view from the West fantasy football draft where we compile all the numbers, compile all the players from around our area we sat down, you and I sat down with Corey Cuffler from WQAD and Kyle Kampmeyer from NUICfootball.com and we conducted a fantasy football draft and we tried to compile the best, the very best team from our area. We also branched out and picked one player from outside of the area and uh, we picked a head coach to lead our squad. So We'll, uh, you know, I encourage everyone to go out and listen to that, but then also uh, check back on Twitter, check back on the X, and we'll have the rosters posted, and we'll put it to a vote, Mitch, and we'll see who who the listeners think drafted the right. best team. Yep,
1: fun episode, so hopefully everyone checks it out and enjoys it uh, just as much as we did.
0: And I will say a little tease. I was very surprised by the first player picked overall. Not some, yeah, maybe out not of context, so, Out of context, as, yes. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a, wor- a, a worthy pick,
1: a, a, a certainly worthy pick, uh, and would Abs- have been my first pick. But uh, under under the circumstances that the listeners will understand when they listen to the show, yes. yeah, it did come as a surprise.
0: There you go. All right, that's a tease. Now they got to go listen. See, Mitch, we keep that cliffhanger in there. So right, yep. All right, well that that'll do it here. That Mitch, that may wrap us up for the uh, twenty twenty three football season here. So I appreciate I appreciate everyone who has listened along the way this season, we really do, you know, love the people who listen, interact with us on Twitter, interact with Mitch on Twitter, when he's, you know, firing out tweets every you know, mile a minute on Friday nights or on Saturdays during the playoffs. So it's been a ton of fun. Mitch, anything to say to our uh, loyal listeners before we wrap it up here?
1: No, I don't think so. Like you said, this was a great year. This is probably our, our most fun year that we've had.
0: We made some big strides. So looking forward to uh, moving forward. Yep. We're going to take a, you know, maybe a bye week or a a bye month maybe, and then get back into things in 2024. Again, thank you for listening. We'll be back as news happens or as we feel like we want to, you know, jump back in and hit record. So until then, thank you. We'll see you in 24. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.